welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched the final four episodes, that's 13 through 16, of 18 again. Oh, that was tough. Oh, I don't know why I did that to myself. I don't know why I said final four and then I was like, no, do the math. Do it. Right now. <laughs> Say it. Um, did this drama need 16 episodes? No, okay, so let's just hop right into the last episode, I guess. Uh, like we always <laughs> do. Buckwild. Chaotic. No timeline. No wrong. Just right. Welcome to Play on K. Yes, welcome to Play on K. So I was so shaken at the very beginning of the last episode when right at the top, Wu Young body changes back into Dae Young body. Just, yeah. I wasn't ready for it. I guess I just wasn't <laughs> expecting it. it. I knew it had to happen at some point. It felt like it went so quickly. But also, kind of a weird time. Like, I, I appreciated the speech. I appreciated it all coming together. But I didn't expect broad daylight right in front of someone else's eyes. He changes back. Yeah, after we watched the ending scene from the previous episode as the opening scene of this episode, which is him sobbing about being unable to change back, I guess that's why it was jarring, because I thought it would be so much more difficult, and it wouldn't be a situation in which he's having a conversation, and then all of a sudden he's day young. It was unexpected for all of us. <laughs> yeah. But fine. I mean... Yeah. yeah. I'm happy for him. Clearly it's what he wanted. He said so in the speech, that he would choose his life with his wife, Jung Da Jung, all over again, because she showed him the life he actually wants, and he loves her and his family so much. I Yeah, I don't think we needed another breakup to get there. No. But I'm glad we got there. We're yes. there eventually. I also am glad that in these episodes we got to the point where the family was starting to miss him again. Yeah. Because it was tough envisioning a world in which he comes back to a family that's that has decided that he was not ever there for them, and he has continued to not be there for them. Yeah, that was a recurring cringe point, is that every time they wanted him there, he was still a young boy, and he had to be like, Sorry, kids. Still can't be there. And they're like, yeah, I expected as much. You're like, oh, no, this is getting worse. Mm -hmm. I expected the resentment to just build. Instead, uh -huh. they did. I think they did a good job showing us um, Shia's side of things and why she was ready for her dad to come back because she had an actual moment where yeah. she learned that he was engaged with all of the big moments of her life just because he was too emotionally stunted from life beating him down to acknowledge it verbally or I guess always be the most present in the moment doesn't mean he wasn't excited and and happy to be a part of it right he just wasn't saying it I guess is his major character flaw right what is his character? Oh my god. Can I say, like, without taking too many shots here, I just feel like it was an erratically written character. Like, yes. 
Hong Dae Young, I can't write for anything, and I definitely couldn't write a whole TV show. So obviously, kudos to the writers. They're out of my league, and they were working off of an existing character, since this is kind of a remake of Seventeen again. But I feel like he was never consistent in his emotional understanding. Especially, they have this scene at the, like, a post-credit scene in one of these last four episodes where Jung Da Jung is watching a wedding, watching a bride be surrounded by her friends and take pictures at her wedding, and she's kind of bummed out about it, and he immediately knows why. He immediately comforts her. They, like, run into the rain together or whatever, and he's like, do you want a wedding? Is that what you want? We don't need one. You're the most beautiful person in the world to me, and we don't need a big fancy wedding to prove anything, but if that's what you want, I'll give it to you. And there's so many occasions with him and the class president as a kid where, like, at the race day, the kid was pretty bummed that he couldn't run with his mom in the in the parents' race. And immediately Young steps in and is like, I got this. I see that you're sad. I'll run with you. I think it would have been so much more consistent and made a lot more sense if people had to tell him these things. If he wasn't so in tune, like if class president's mom had been like, hey, Hong Dae Young, I see that you're sweating. I know you just ran a race, but like my leg is broken. Would you consider running with my son? And, and he immediately perks up and is like, yeah, I'm good guy, Hong Dae Young. He's this great influence on this kid. But maybe he just had to be asked. Maybe Shia is the one that's like, can we take him to the zoo with us instead of him suggesting it? it I think it could have been clear throughout the series of like, Hung Dae-young is super nice, the most generous person. He just doesn't read emotions. Right. He's not as connected to... He's not... He can't read minds, right? Yeah. And that's why he also had so many issues in his marriage that they previously illustrated. Because I am in complete agreement that it feels erratic, not not because he's a bad character. It's that I can't pinpoint why everything went wrong when he's so in touch with stuff. Yeah, he's so good at reading people. And then, yeah, they have that scene at the wedding with where he's like, Jung Dao Jung, you're perfect to me. I love you. I'm sorry you're sad about not having a wedding. And then they start the next episode with her coming back from a trip and saying, I missed you so much. And him going, cool, bro. Thanks. And I'm like, is that the same guy? What? Yeah, because it, it is very confusing. And I guess the only thing I would ask if they are going to do that is give me more of a distinct timeline of when he was doing these things and I don't know how to naturally do that because I could more reasonably believe it if it was when things started going worse at work for him that he stopped engaging in this just hyper empathetic behavior that would make so much more sense that he just started to dissociate from people because he was his depression was getting worse and he was having a hard time staying connected to that part of himself that understood people so well. And that would be so much easier if it was, yes, around the time that maybe 
maybe it's around the time he takes on a lot more responsibility and fully gives up on the basketball dream because Shiwu gets asthma and is really sick. Or maybe it's around the time that he gets hired at this place that's very specifically stopping him from moving up, but dangling the carrot, and he's being effectively abused in the workplace, but legally thinks capitalism. (laughs) Gotta sneak that in there. Um, (laughs) And so... Yeah, I just, I guess, if the if they were going to do that, if they were going to make this character where sometimes he's so in touch and sometimes he's so not, I would have liked them to give me more of a distinct, maybe a calendar flips back dates, <laughs> you know, yeah. to the part uh, so that we can see the progression of him dissociating from people. But I agree that it's so weird to watch this scene where he's not in touch with his wife at all, and another scene where he immediately knows what's going on with his wife, and we don't get to see how he, what the difference was between those two characters, because they are very different people. And it was both in the older day young body, so we know that it's not after, you know, taking on three more jobs for Shiwu's illness... So it must have been something else, or it's just the magic of Hollywood making a character who is both flawless and flawed, and we don't understand why. I think you've got a point, though, of, like, the timeline probably does work out, and maybe they were consistent with being, like, three years earlier, eight years earlier, ten years earlier, and I just did not pay enough attention (laughs) to know what he was going through at each flashback point in his life but i think they could have helped by maybe hiring another actor i'm gonna say that was one of my favorite parts of this show i think it's really important not to age actors out of their career but also it's important to make room for new actors in the industry and i love that this show did that exactly they were like we have the main characters who will be played by four different actors. And I think that gives an opportunity to both, yeah, show that maybe slightly older actors and actresses aren't going to be aged out. People don't just want to watch 20-year-old super beautiful people on screen, but also, yeah, makes room for those young people to start making an impact in the industry. I think that was a really cool part of the show. Let's let's get two more in there. Why not? Let's make this timeline super clear. Have a Hung Da Young who is like 30, let's say, and he's kind of nailing it. He's still being great dad, but uh it's it's starting to get problematic. And then yeah, 38-year-old Hong Da Young is completely disassociated from this all this empathy that he had for other people. He cannot see anyone but himself. He's very clearly just a pretty selfish dude and not for not in the like totally aware of it ways. He's just having such a hard time that he has trouble seeing other people's emotions. I think that could have been a a cool aspect. Yeah, actually, I personally think, oh, sharing corner, um, it would have been a really relatable aspect because I've you know, become a more selfish person in times of emotional distress. 
like going through episodes of of depression and anxiety and i you go into survival mode and you stop mm-hmm. seeing the people in front of you and you just try and you know get through the day without being cripplingly sad so I think that that would have been really humanizing, actually. I would have really loved to see a character like that. I would have loved to have that moment of relatability where I'm like, oh, buddy, I'm so sorry, (laughs) because I don't approve of what you're doing, and it's not okay to, you know, be drinking this way and saying these things to your wife. But also, it's clearly because you're in so much emotional pain that you cannot see anyone else. And so, yeah, if they had kind of pushed that storyline a little bit or made that a little bit more linear, like you said, 38-year-old Hong Dae-young is the most clearly struggling Hong Dae-young. And then we, yes, to establish the timeline, have another one that is presenting the struggles, right? Because the youngest Hong Dae-young... Uh, is either, you know, the current main character, the de-aged, or if he's, you know, around all of the other people from the past, then you can see he's the young, young one who's just freaking doing what he needs to do to get by with his family, but also he has not been broken by society yet. Yeah, he's he's starting to. He's got his little moments of having it rough, but for the most part, he's pretty smiley and I think it's easier to see like it would have been clearer to be like that's the guy that's able to take his kids friends to the zoo and to go do the races with with the class president like be it be a dad to the class president that class president never had that looks good but yeah the transition is not super clear to where he got by the point of the show that we're watching him in. Yes. Let's get real woke. Welcome to Play on K. Yes. This is our woke episode. We've already got another rant planned, and it is equally woke. Yep, we ac- we accidentally had this conversation before we started recording, and we liked the content. We liked the Righteous Fury so much <laughs> that we're going to include it here again. We can just jump right into it. The ending of this show was, as Emily put it in our previous conversation, (laughs) exhaustingly heteronormative. It was just a lot of straight couples holding hands at the end. The words, the monologue, beautiful. The message that they were trying to send us about choosing love and, and loving your choices and making sure to focus on that love as things get hard amazing so gorgeous there for it yes it was a lot to make it to the end of this k-drama and have everyone paired off in boy girl couples living their best everyone's a high school sweetheart here life except dyokjin and yeah uh but still i think both of them yeah yeah got coupled off right at the end you basic yeah, basic. It was so basic. It's okay. So this K drama came out in 2020, I believe, right? I think so. Yeah, it doesn't feel. I'm not over here. I think asking for too much of a 2020 K drama, <laughs> saying it would have been a lot cooler to explore more representation in this drama throughout it. 
Like, not just tossing, peppering it in at the end. But I, I don't know. I had a really good idea for what they could have done for Shiwu's character that would have been, like, the same storyline, but so much cooler and deeper and representative. And, you know, they didn't do it, but I I can jump into rewriting that now. Was there anything you wanted to also say about the ending that was just so no, frustrating? I had a less good idea for Shia's ending. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which we can jump into, I guess, after. I don't know. Uh, I'll do it before, because mine's lamer. Shia, I feel like, I'll start by saying... I don't know the definition of queer baiting, so this could be that, <laughs> and I'm sorry if it is. But I feel like I w- just never cared at all about her love triangle. I thought it was pretty boring, and didn't I don't know. <laughs> I think I've said it before that I'm the biggest hypocrite on the planet because I married my high school sweetheart, but I'm always like, I don't care about your high school sweetheart on this K drama because it'll never last. You guys are just gonna break up. So I would have been fine if at the two-year reunion they had broken up and she showed up with a girlfriend and was like, this is my girlfriend, guys. And it would have been even a cool moment to have that older lady, the classmate that Chuedin chewed out at some point, kind of at her lonely table drinking alone, be like, gross, two girls are dating. And literally everyone at the two-year reunion be like, who even are you? You are the worst. You are the epitome of bad. And we don't hear you right now. She and her girlfriend are doing amazing. So, scene. Like, done with that. I don't know if that's okay to just throw in at the end and be like, she has dating a girl now. Like, maybe that's the definition of queer baiting, but uh, it could have been fun. Yeah, like, just, I don't know, a little surprise there at the end. And I think wouldn't have been... Um, I think it would have been cool because Shia's really cool and confident and it seems like something she'd do to just be like very casually walk in and be like, oh, but this is my girlfriend, by the way. She's pretty, huh? And uh-huh. everyone would be like, fuck yeah, of course you pulled. Of course you have like a gorgeous girlfriend. Look, Look at you at two. She is pretty. You two are so happy and beautiful. What? Um, that would have been Shiwu's storyline, though, because yours is so much better. <laughs> okay, so this is incorporated throughout the drama. This is a part of Shiwu's character. This is uh, something that I think they could have done a lot with because a lot of this whole storyline was Hong Dae-young for the first time getting to learn so much about his kids that he didn't know when he finally got to be their friend instead of their father. And so I think... It would have been so cool to, instead of, I well, to do this. So he becomes friends with Shiwu and learns that Shiwu is gay and is interested in dating boys. Maybe he is dating a boy. Maybe it's just an aspect of him that comes up that he has not been ever comfortable with telling his dad. And... It's a moment where um, where our male lead, Hong Dae-young, gets to first of all relate to his son and learn something about him that he never would have gotten to had he not been de-aged and gotten to become his son's friend. But also, I think it would have been uh, 
so cool to explore the the storyline of not I love you even though this. I want nothing to do with that. I don't want the I love you's even though, but the I'm so glad to finally know a different part of you, like a different I I love every part of you and I love this part of you and I I never would have we never would have had a talk about this Did, had I not figured it out here and then later when he is back to dadland gotten to relate to his son and and understand him on a whole new level cuz that is literally Shiwu's storyline 100% that is his storyline it's just instead of being gay it's basketball <laughs> Because he hides basketball from his dad and his love for basketball and he's afraid his dad is going to be disappointed and wants it to be something that he does with his dad but can never quite bring himself to do it because he's afraid of being a disappointment. It is his storyline. Oh my god. But basketball. And so I just think it would have been so much cooler and more representative. The only thing that makes basketball dope in the story is just that it's something that they share together but i just think that it could have yeah i could they could have done some really cool stuff with it instead of having just a million straight couples end up happily in love at the end especially because i do not give two shits about his girlfriend i'm so sorry she's just there she was peppered in at the very end so that he wouldn't be alone i literally thought she was another character for the first I guess we only saw her one other time, but we saw her that one time and I thought she was Shia's tall friend. And then we see Shia's two friends at the reunion and we see she was girlfriend right after and I was like, Oh, is it a different girl? Oh, okay. I guess we're supposed to know that, like, and care. Be really happy that they're together. Like, cute line about like stay with the girl who was with you when you weren't successful. That's that's your real that's your day ones. Keep them close. Cool. But do I care that much? No. No, I don't. Not invested. I also think that could have been an interesting like point of conflict is between like the twins. I'm just I'm low-key obsessed with twins just across the board. I love twins. I think they're the most magical thing that this planet has and I would have loved if yeah part of the walk at the end was those two holding hands she and she ah I think it would have been cool if they had a journey they did nothing this whole show together they're just two people who were born at the same time and they don't care about each other yeah I guess so I mean it's wild too because I think there was one moment when they were in the same room and acknowledged each other and it yeah. was when she was getting away with a lie, and he helped. Yeah. And I think that could have been so much more impactful as a moment if they had been, like, very clearly struggling with their relationship, if they had been drifting apart, and maybe Shiwu had been coming to terms with his sexuality and kind of going through his own stuff, and it had torn apart him and his sister. Like, I... His coming out journey was likely. just, yeah, difficult or whatever, right? So. Yeah. I assume twins are kind of connected at the hip until they're like 10 years old and they're yeah. just each other's best friends. These two don't even know each other. 
No. <laughs> and he's being bullied, and she just kind of lets it happen, and then the most she does is just turn down the guy that bullied him. Like, what? What is that whole storyline? I think they could have had so much more of a journey with those two characters, and then at the end, been like, and this whole thing about love and choosing to appreciate the love that you have in your life can also apply to these two and can also apply to this beautifully crafted story with um, Ye Ji-hoon and his niece. I think that was chef's kiss perfectly done. That mm-hmm. one, no critiques, except that I think they should have been at the walk at the end, like holding hands, being like, this is about different kinds of love. But instead they were like, it'd be weird if we threw them in with all these romantic couples. It would be, because they're all romantic couples. They are all straight romantic couples, except if they threw in those two. So they would, it, you're right, it would have been so meaningful and beautiful if they had also shown other types of familial love to focus on and bring you happiness. Because it was a very heteronormative in the sense that you have to find the one other person in your life that will love you romantically um i guess rhetoric it was pushing toward us where it's tricky because i'm in a happy relationship right now with a man so it's very heteronormative (laughs) but um but that said i also spent a lot of my life not wanting or pursuing romantic relationships for myself or I guess a lot of my young adulthood. I haven't lived that much life, so I will I will adjust that a little bit. And I just, I think that the message is super, super beautiful overall, what they were saying. I get what they were trying to say, and I get that they weren't, like, you're invalid if you don't find this. But I think if they had pushed that other type of love, if they had done stuff like shown some friends sitting, uh, hanging out, like the two basketball player friends that uh the bully that they just kind of i don't know implied that he's just an alcoholic still pining after shia after two years bummer he didn't deserve (laughs) that he deserved a lot better than that he was a great character yeah um it was rough yeah but if it had shown him and a couple of the other basketball players like playing a game you know, at the end, during the monologue, and then, I don't know, camaraderie. Hey, slapping each other's shoulders or whatever, how, however sports <laughs> people do. Um, and the then, hug that Shia gave Wu Young. They're all yes. just hugging really intimately, and it's, like, not romantic. It's just how they hug now, because they've seen that, they've seen an example of how to give a good hug, and they're like, this is great, I love a good hug now. Yep. So, yeah, if they had the the basketball players giving little hugs, being best friends, if they had the uncle and niece uh, walking to go get ice cream, and they had had the twins, uh, you know, sitting, having a conversation, chilling, doing some camaraderie thing they had established throughout the series, I assume, in this rewrite, this major rewrite that we're doing. Yeah, I assume they're at the egg shop that they went to one million times that Shia supposedly loves. 
yeah, maybe it's like something they share in common and where they finally talk about how they grew apart and how he says it's because he was afraid and she says, you have nothing to be afraid of. I'm your twin sister. I love you no matter what. I, I'm doing a full fucking rewrite right now. <laughs> we are gone, guys. We're, <laughs> we're going to have to rework the monologue because I understand that the point was like, there is some family that you choose. Like, romantic love is a chosen type of love and you have to work really hard to keep going together. Whereas family, I I do think this is changing nowadays. I think we're getting less toxic with being like, you have to love your family because they're family. And I think it could have been an interesting point to be like, no, if you have a toxic relationship with your brother, you guys can drift apart. And if you decide that you want to work at that relationship, you can you can make it work and you can come back together. And yeah, we'll have to rework that final monologue to make it more clear of like, we're describing lots of types of love, even familial love, even platonic love, even sports friends love. <laughs> yeah, it would have been so much more meaningful to me as a viewer to be like, this show's about all types of love, not just this basic romantic love between a man and a woman. Yep, because I mean, obviously, that's what it's about in the sense that this was very much about uh, De Young realizing what he had all along and being appreciative of it and loving it. But I mean, it's pretty easy to tie that across many bounds because or boundaries because he had a friend. He had two really good friends that supported him throughout the entire thing. He had, um, he became friends with his children in order to reestablish their relationship. He, there were so many types of love throughout the drama, and yeah, I guess they just kind of, I think, undercut themselves a little bit by only focusing on the romantic love aspect when there was so much more to it and it could have been so much more validating to to yeah look at all of the types that they had yeah because they did it so well and they were like cheating she gets a boyfriend right at the end of the show i don't need or care about that she was a great independent woman who didn't need no man and dokjin and okhyein never cared about that i've I wanted to, I probably did in past episodes, but I will stand by that I never cared about it. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I just, there's a point where I stopped rooting for them, and I think it was the 900th time that he got rejected, and um, Hong Dae Young was like, you just gotta keep going for it, man. Just like, keep talking to her, even though she said no. No does not mean no keep trying and she'll come around and i was like another one of these speeches they just keep coming and they don't stop coming <laughs> let's leave this woman alone yeah how about we listen to her when she says words because they make sense yeah. all every reason she ever gave him was a valid reason because first of all she never needed a reason to say no but she pretty much always gave one and all <laughs> of them were good reasons and they were all different. Like, constantly she had a new reason to say no. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it doesn't work that way. Persistence is key. Yep. Here in drama land, here in the <laughs> patriarchy, if you're a man, 
who wants to date a woman, keep asking. Just keep asking. Yep. Like, oh, yeah, they could have had such a good story there. I'll stand by what I said last episode. They could have had a, a Mr. Darcy with him. Let's try it next time, guys. Make him a Darcy. There's just so many storylines that, yeah, we could rewrite together. We'll make this show perfect on our show, Play on K. Someday. Someday <laughs> someone will let us write a Korean drama, and it will be a mistake. But boy, howdy, <laughs> do we have some ideas. A hot mess. Yeah. There will be no characters, only storylines. Yep. And they will be Wattpad level. <laughs> hot garbage. <laughs> uh, um, I did cry twice in these last four episodes, and I was proud of them for that. I never cried. I teared up once, and I'm guessing it's one of the parts that you cried at. <gasps> What part did you tear up at? I teared up when Xia was reading the bank book. Yeah, that was that was me bawling. I think <laughs> it might have affected me maybe more deeply as I just had a baby. And I was like, she's going to grow up. And I haven't even gotten her a bank book yet. And I'm such a bad parent. But also, I just don't want her to grow up and be a person. I want her to be a baby. Forever. Just a tiny little bean. Just a tiny little bean that I can hold in my arms. Guess you uh. have to have like six more. Mm, no. Just not keep just keep the beans. Keep it as beans. <laughs> Get as <laughs> many beans as possible. Never have children. Only have beans. <laughs> and then I cried at him having dinner with Jung Da Jung's mom, and when he was like, this soup tastes like my mom used to make it, and this actress, obviously, perfection. I think she always says stuff like this. She always gets the perfect line in every show and delivers it in a way that crushes me for years. She was like, if you ever want soup, just come to my house. Like, I'll make it for you. <laughs> It's not an I'll be your new mom. It's not like, forget about your old mom. You've got me now. It is this perfect understanding of I see how much you love your mom and miss her. I will be there for you if you need a sort of presence that can even start to fill that gap. Ouch. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I see you. Yeah. yeah, that one was really beautiful, and I loved the relationship that they showed us between those two in these final four episodes, that it's it didn't feel contrived or made up, it just felt like something that wasn't focused on, and then when they were ready, they focused on their relationship, and how sad she was about the divorce, and how it impacted her, but obviously it was never about her, and so she never made it about her, but... She had a, she in in a way lost someone as well in the divorce. And so, yeah, that was really beautifully done. I think they did a fantastic job with both of the grandparents just genuinely having a hard time seeing their own kids struggle and kind of reacting poorly to the initial announcement of the pregnancy and then how that 
played out over the next few years. I think it was an amazing opportunity that this these writers took full advantage of to be like, you don't have to be a perfect parent. You don't have to say, like, oh, that's great. I accept that you got pregnant really young, and I'm super excited. I'm going to support you. I think they did a great job of kind of being like, these parents weren't supportive, and they kind of realized that they messed up. Like, you see Jung Na Jung's mom call her at the bus stop when Jung Na Jung is sitting there with her two very young babies, and she's just checking in on her. They very clearly had something happen that repaired their relationship between some of the first scenes we saw with them when she was like, I think you should have an abortion. I think you should consider not having children this young. There was clearly, there were more conversations, and I think they did a great job of showing that without showing every scene. And similar with the grandfather being like, he connected with Jung Na Jung first. And I think that helped him move back into his son's life eventually, though a lot more slowly. Yes, his son literally became almost a 40-year-old and then de-aged first. But <laughs> but I think, I don't know, maybe this is, maybe this is sexist. You can tell me in the comments. But maybe it was easier for Jung Na Jung's mom to be like, I know what it's like to give birth to children, and I know that my daughter needs me. If she's going to go through with this, I'm, I've got to be there for her. And decided that she was going to, whereas Papa, Grandpapa, seemed to be like, I really want to help now. I've made a mistake I want to be part of my grandchildren's lives. I want to help Jung Na Jung and Hong Dae Young. I don't know how to use my words and talk to my son. So I will not. I'll just work behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, I am always 100% ready to hop on the feminist uh, train, which I think also involves training boys to not use their words and to have pride, masculine pride, that <laughs> can be damaging and so um, I guess we can set aside the uh, what is potentially sexist aspects of this. Um, but that said, like, I, I agree with you. So you guys will have to, if you say in the comments, it's, it's probably to both of us. But yeah, just very much a character thing um, that whatever instilled the pride in him, I do think that, yes, he probably had much more pride than maybe the clearly other female character. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm glad they brought them both back and repaired those relationships at the end. Showed that yeah, they had been trying for many years. It wasn't just out of the blue, but that they were part of their kids' lives again in a big way, by the end of the show. I thought that was a really touching storyline. Yeah. Yeah, it was really beautifully handled, and I loved that they were there at the wedding, and they made that part of the wedding, and it wasn't just, oh, look, they're there, but they actually uh -huh. had conversations with them, and I I did like the wedding scene. I... It, 
It's interesting because I thought the entire final episode, especially the last half of the final episode, was so saccharinely sweet. Just, <laughs> but I mean, it was well done. I I feel like me saying that makes it sound like I don't think it was well done. It was. I just, mm-hmm. the, it was so sweet, and it did all of the things. You know, it it confronted every relationship that had been bad and made sure to touch on how it improved. Like the really selfish young anchor who was antagonistic at the beginning and her storyline with Jung Da Jung and how she was almost directly responsible for Jung Da Jung being able to finally find a job, which was awesome. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess, like, similarly, I watched the first half of the finale, and then I had to I had to push pause and come back to it later. And I thought for the rest of the day that I had finished the show because all of the storylines had been resolved, and I still had, like, 40 minutes left, and I almost forgot to watch it. And so I went back, and I was like, what else is, is there to do? And I think all the storylines had been resolved by that point, and they just showed, like, bonus. Like, they they had showed Yumi posting the video and the, the consequences of that. And then after, in that, in that last 40 minutes, they were like, we want to throw in another scene of all of the old anchors visiting Jung Da Jung. And I was like, that's cute, I guess. I don't really need it, but here it is. Similar with the wedding. It was like... Very cute. I don't really need it. I could tell they got back together. But if it's important to them, I'm I'm happy for them. Yeah. And look, they both have jobs in careers that make them happy now. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just kind of assumed, you know, they would figure something out. But I guess thank you for showing me that he coaches little babies in sports. (laughs) That's pretty adorable. Super cute. And uh, then, yeah, she obviously found plenty of work afterward. Mm-hmm. I would have just assumed he became her manager. And that was his yeah. job. And that was, that, they were kind of leaning into that. Yeah, and that would have been a resolution. And I would have been like, okay, but it was really cute that he coaches little tiny babies while they play uh, soccer or basketball or whatever. I think anything. Mostly basketball, probably. Sports? Sports, sports yeah. things? They, they do sports? I don't know. Um, yeah I thought it was very interesting but kind of ties back into the making Young flawless at the end storyline where he saved Jihoon's niece but could not save his brother I could not save his brother from that freaking truck what the hell yeah, that, I was furious about that truck. That was just... A, I also would have fainted because that's horrifying that that truck apparently just never slowed down on that straight street. Uh, With, like, five cars that were stopped. Yes. I don't understand, and I understand Young's reaction entirely because that is just overwhelming that that happened. And I, again, it almost feels like one of those things where it's like, do I need this storyline as well? Um, But it's hard because I did like it. I liked the addition. I liked the repair it did for Jihoon just as a whole, getting to have 
that reconciliation with a person that means so much to him and then also having it be the reason he's able to kind of walk away from the Jung Da Jung situation and feel good about it, right? Not just like a, well, struck out on that one. Rats. That's fair. Because part of me wanted him back to the, like, um, women don't have to have a boyfriend to turn down a man. Part of me wanted it to just resolve without Hong Dae Young being involved. But I think there was a big portion of the show dedicated to um, Ye Ji-hoon being protective, protective of Jung Da-jung, and to the extent of, like, her marriage didn't seem like a good thing. It seemed like maybe she was married to a slightly emotionally abusive guy. And so to see her go back into that relationship could have been, I mean, a little bit none of his business, but also a little bit comforting to him to be like, oh no, I know at the end of the day, this dude is like a living angel. He's a good dude. He was, yeah, maybe going through a hard time during their divorce. And I think they can they can bring it back. They can resolve stuff. But I can let her go knowing that she'll be safe in that relationship. I think they wrote that really well. And yeah, it was maybe not the most necessary storyline. But I really appreciated all the things that it did. Because yeah, it also brought a resolution to... Ye Ji-hoon being like, I've been searching for the person who saved my niece's life for years, and I found him, and that's amazing in and of itself, no matter who it was going to be. Yeah, and it gives him um, more than just a romance, a failed romance storyline, which I think he deserved, because they gave us a really wonderful character in Ye Ji-hoon, and uh, made me want great things for him. And so I am grateful that he has more than being the struggling single uncle who got turned down by the perfect woman that he loved. But instead he has this thing where he, yeah, had his focus on something else. He had his focus on something else and he, that resolved for him in a, in a positive way that feels good. And it also ultimately, uh, you know, they, they did give him the storyline with his niece and getting to resolve that as well, I guess, or have a good relationship with her that he didn't have prior. So I guess they gave him a couple things. I'm, But, but I, he I, deserves all the things. He was such a good boy. Yeah, he's my favorite boy. I can't wait for... I don't think everyone needs a romantic storyline. I cannot wait for the spinoff where he gets the whole world. Literally give him everything he wants. He deserves mm-hmm. it. Yeah. He can have his romantic storyline. I'm here for it. I'll watch it. I think as much as we uh, harked on all the all the beautiful romances in this show and how we didn't need them, that's like what I'm here for is just a good, good romance. I think we said at the beginning of this show that we were so excited for mom and dad to get back together. And I think... We we took some detours. I didn't know how it was going to happen in the middle, but we got there, and I'm really excited with the directions that this show went in. I'm really sh- 
really happy that we watched it and I'm really happy with the finale. Yes, I I loved the show overall. I mean, I think last week we dragged it and this week oh, I yeah. just I want to say how much they brought it back in these final four episodes uh, and how much I we we rewrote them, but they were, were fun. Yeah, they were very good. And it was a great story. And it felt so good. And the ending monologues were so beautiful. And I love the themes of choosing love, right? That's so beautiful for him to come around and say, things were never perfect, and they didn't magically become perfect. But every day, I now have the ability to know what my life could have become had I not just continuously chosen love and it was not the life I wanted. And Mm -hmm. I will always choose my family and I will always choose love. And that was so beautiful. And they did a great job. This was, these final four episodes were awesome. They made up for all of the dragging we did last (laughs) week. And yes, I really love them. Me too. If you also loved these episodes, email us. We'd love to hear from you. We're at plankpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we also have our podcast on different sites. Wow, I'm doing this way out of order. On different uh, platforms, streaming platforms. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you can also likely rate, review, or subscribe or some combination of those things. And anything that you do really helps us out. It helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us. We are on Twitter at PlayOnK and on Instagram at PlayOnKPodcast if you want to stay up to date on our releases as well as just say hey. Yeah, and then we have our website where you can sign up for our newsletter. Usually that's for announcing that we've started a new K-Drama, uh, but also, you know, in the past we've, we've Ems let you know what she's been watching and uh, yeah, it's it's a good deal there, and you can find links to our affiliates on the website and all of our episodes as well. That's playonk.com. And finally, you can find us on Patreon. There's a link to it on our website, or you can go directly to patreon.com slash playonk if you want to support the show and get access to some of our bonus content. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening and join us next week for our bonus episode uh, where we'll, I guess, jump into some more details. Rewrite again. Who knows? Uh, But that's next week and K-bye. K-bye.